You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Dr. Brian Cole and Steve Cashel on 670 The Score. Back here on the Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Our producer is Shane Reardon here at The Score. And our coordinating producer is Tracy Toro. Time now for the staple of our show. It's our Ask the Doctor segment. You get a chance to ask our doctor a question. Very easy. Go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. You can click on the home page, and on the right-hand side, beneath the picture of Dr. Cole and yours truly, you'll see our little Ask the Doctor box, and click it on, and you can ask the doc a question. Ready, doc? I got a good one for you. Then I'm going to get into a little bit about the Alex Smith, the Washington Redskins quarterback. But first up, uh, this listener asking you this, and this is right up your alley. Will running with osteoarthritis speed up the degeneration of my knees? Steve, I would say this is one of the most common questions I get asked, but people kind of don't ask it in that way. In the back of their mind, virtually every patient who comes in the office has this fear or concern that now knowing that they have arthritis, how do I have to change my life? And it's amazing what some of them have been told. And the interesting issue is, and this is some research that we and others have done, is that when you try to look at the progression of arthritis related to an individual's activity level, there seems to be no real correlation. So if you are known to have arthritis, you know, you could have had this for a very long time, and activity levels are not necessarily in and of themselves an important independent variable to show that the disease will progress. Now, what it might do is it may make you become more symptomatic, and if you decide to modify your activities, I would do it more because you don't like the unpleasant nature of how you feel due to the load to those activities. But I wouldn't change your activity level because you're concerned about it making it worse. The only variables that we found in some of our research was a history of obesity and uh, previous knee surgery in association with arthritis might be correlated with progression with high-level activity. But this stuff has been looked at in the NCAA and marathon runners and so forth uh, in young and older athletes. And the, the history of running and the activity levels and so forth, uh, as quantified, uh, don't necessarily correlate with disease progression. So it's an interesting topic, and it's an important one because... Oftentimes, patients are told, look, well, you should just give this up, never run again. Right. And that's a, it's a crazy visit in my office because these people come in, they're so anxious, they're devastated by that recommendation. And, you know, the, the burden that's lifted when I tell them, look, there just isn't, the data isn't there, and I encourage you to do the things you enjoy doing. Just keep in mind that it might elevate your symptoms, but it's not making the disease worse. It's sort of the difference between good pain and bad pain. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Shane Reardon, our producer here, for Sports Medicine Weekly has a Ask the Doctor question. He doesn't have to click on, Doc. He just can open up the microphone you know, and I ask still the I yeah. opened the website and I submitted the question and nobody answered. So I don't really <laughs> oh, know. all right. We must have been around, I'm Shane. Sorry. I'm sorry. You don't have to want somebody monitoring 24-7? <laughs> you can hang up and listen for your answer. Sure, I'll do that. First time, long time, guys. I, was, I know it's the middle of July. A lot of people are doing yard work right now. I was helping a friend fill some fence posts last weekend. These are 75-pound bags of, of concrete, of cement, and I feel like I'm pretty, I'm on the border of extremely efficient to the most efficient possible in terms of lifting heavy things, but I lifted with my back a little bit too much more than my knees. Yeah, It didn't hurt in the moment, but the next morning I woke up and I had an extreme twinge in my back, upper left-hand side, just below, it's still there right now as I'm putting my thumb on it, just below my left shoulder blade. Is that just a time healing thing, or is there something I can do to relieve the pain in my back below my left shoulder blade? 
So, you know, more mechan- like you pointed out, Shane, mechanics are really important when lifting. So, you know, you, you can, if you are, you're in really good shape. I get, I, I no. imagine you're, you're not, no, no. you seem to be in good shape. Well, so, maybe like strong wise, yeah. but not beer belly wise. You can, you can learn a lot from different lifts. So if you watch a video, for example, on how to do deadlifts, right? Okay. An amazingly important exercise for lower body strength, super efficient exercise that's complex it shows you the proper mechanics where you sort of, you're not bending over at your waist per se, your butt goes back and you're coming down and everything is neutral and aligned and your back is flat. And what you did is you put all the stress and you sort of round your back and you just elongate muscles that are not super strong and not meant to see those forces. And, you know, the good news is if it hurt the next day rather than at that time, you didn't tear anything but you probably have some reactive muscle spasm and overactivity of the muscle spindles and so forth. So it's not a major injury. So if you did nothing, it's going to get better. But I can tell you, if you just took a lacrosse ball, start with a tennis ball and a lacrosse ball and work that area, you'd probably get better very, very quickly because it's sort of that localized muscle dysfunction. Maybe it's your rhomboids, it's lower trapezius, it's the muscles around your shoulder blade. There's like 20 muscles that insert and lots of them come in right in that area. If you work with that, with the, just lay on the floor against a lacrosse ball, I bet you you'd feel better almost immediately. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Shane. Doc, continuing on, uh, I want to discuss a topic here in the time we have left. Quite an injury story in the NFL. Alex Smith, Washington Redskins quarterback, broke his tibia and fibula six months ago in a game and had post-op infection, also external fixator for six-plus months, and recently announced he wants to return to running. But while a devastating leg injury and he's going to have an external fixator on this. Right, I want you to explain that for us for at least another month. But uh, we start with uh, what is uh, how common is a post-operative infection? Well, you know, if someone has an external fixator placed, it's usually because they've had a compound that's the layperson or open fracture, which means the bone typically pokes out of the skin and gets contaminated. And those are one of the few surgical emergencies that we tend to see because it can compromise blood supply the innervation or nerves to the extremity, and it's associated with a pretty high incidence of in post-op infection, mainly because of the soft tissue injury that's associated with it. So infections are treated with good, healthy blood flow. When there's a high energy trauma, it disrupts the soft tissue envelope around that, and it has a heck of a time healing and fighting off the bacteria that normally occurs. It also has to do with the environment that these fractures happen in if they're really highly contaminated environments. So the more the energy, the more the soft tissue trauma, the more fracture fragments, what we call comminution, uh, in an open setting, the higher the incidence of the infection in some series it can be excessive in excess of say 10 to 15 percent so when there's an x fixed place that's a series of pins and rods that are almost like an erector set that are placed in the bone to stabilize it so rather than a cast it allows one access to the wounds and can do wound management and soft tissue management and there's a literally a frame with screws long pins with threads that go into the bone to hold the bone into position while it wants to heal. At the same time, you can manage the soft tissue injury and the associated uh, trauma that goes along with that injury. So really difficult problem. When it gets infection, infected, it often leads to multiple surgeries, and sometimes it even requires uh, muscle flaps and skin grafts to cover areas that are just really brutal to heal. Yeah, they said an amputation became an option at one point, sources have said. But what about the timeline of returning to running for this kind of injury? You know, when you're the when you're the, the the patient with that problem, the last thing in your mind is running. But obviously, it happens in a sport, and you want to get a guy back. We actually had an open tibia fracture when I used to take care of arena football, 
and uh, it was it's pretty awful if you're around the sidelines or a physician taking care of it. Um, so the answer is, you know, these can heal uh, reliably uh, 16 weeks, 20 weeks, 24 weeks. And once it's healed, you can start resuming higher level load. Uh, but it's all about the biology and how bad the fracture is. And, you know, it's, it's impossible by a news report or media report when you're not involved with it to know. But open fracture is a bad problem. And I would tell a guy this is going to be a six to eight month process. And that's assuming you don't get a significant complication related to it. Wow. Great stuff, Doc. Appreciate your help this week, as always. Great questions. Ask the Doctor segment. Again, our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Click on that homepage and you can look for the link. That's all the time we have for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our producer, Shane Reardon. Again, coordinating producer, Tracy Toro. Many thanks to David Cole for managing our website and our business operations. And then we thank Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks so much for listening. Be back with another brand new edition next week here at 8 a.m. on The Score. Up next on The Score, it is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly only on 670 the score you've been listening to sports medicine weekly heard every saturday morning at eight with dr brian cole and steve cashel only on sports radio 670 the score and 670 the score.com chicago sports station